Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos with Corey Harris and Julie Traxler. We are going to spend the next 60 minutes talking about small business, and we have a great guest on the show today. We've got John O'Brien. He's an instructor for uh, Introduction to Psychology. Uh, He's out of Portland, Maine, and he's also a coach. He's got the business. He owns the business Activate Success, and you can check out his website, ActivateSuccess.org. We had him on our podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, I guess. I can't remember mm-hmm. uh, when, but uh, we are going to jump into talking about change and all that type of stuff. But how are you doing today, Julie? I am so good. I have a question. Can I pick on you for a second? Sure. What word would you use if I told you that you had to eradicate the word great from your vocabulary for the rest of the day today and you couldn't use it. Excellent. <laughs> you describe everything as great. Everything is great, Julie. <laughs> everything is awesome. That's Every- a great song. Yes, everything is great in my life. So Excellent. You're not allowed to use great anymore today for this show. Every time you use the word great today on our show, you owe me a hundred dollars. So we're gonna start by reducing the amount of money I, I was just gonna you. say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. I think I'm into you for about 400 right now. I think so. I yes. Just, yeah. I have been a giant loser for like six months in terms of any gambling I've done. So not a not a good situation. Although I think I'm I I, I think I'm beating you on our weekly gambling picks. But we'll get to that. In you the third are. Segment. And oh, I didn't even look today. So this will be on the fly picks today. It'll be on the fly picks. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about change. Let's do it. How how do you feel about change? I like change personally. Um, it's, I, I have my routines. There's definitely routines, but I have no problem adapting to change. It's just easier. I'm like, I'm on par with like the Steve Jobs of the world where it's like, just wear the same color shirt every day. And it's not because Corey, it's not just the same color shirt. It's the same shirt. Sometimes it's the same shirt, <laughs> uh, but you don't know because I have a bunch of the same shirt. It's literally the same shirt. It's just multiple copies of it. But yeah, like it, uh, I enjoy that routine because it's for me, like I, I don't need to spice things up all the time, but um, I'm completely okay with change. I, I, I believe I adapt very easily to whatever's going on hmm. in the world. And I think that comes from my restaurant background where you Wait, just- Wait, you have a restaurant yes, background? Yes, exactly. I didn't know. Please tell um, us more. But the- you have to, you have to be willing to just kind of adapt to everything that's going on. Yeah. And and that's small business in general. Like it's everything that comes your way. You need to be able to just adapt and change and roll with the punches. It's, it's, there's no such thing as a nine to five. I come in every Monday is the same. Every Tuesday, the same, no two days are the same when you own a small business. No, I agree. I also think I have always thought that making bigger changes that where you get to choose to make the change versus force changes upon you, even if they're micro changes, they're harder to adapt to. We tend to react stronger and have an emotional reaction to smaller changes. For example, Corey, how do you feel when your Android phone starts to turn more into an iPhone? Drives me insane. Yeah. And you don't get a choice on it, right? I don't get a choice on it. Yeah. So that's, so I think when we're in control of the change and we decide we want to make a change, then it's easier. So example, I'm going to give you, would you like an example? I'm going to give you an example through story. Do I have a choice? You do. You can say, no, I don't want your stupid example, (laughs) Traxler. I do want your example. Go. Okay. I, you know, I was 
in like right after your birthday in September, I started 75 hard and I marched through it and I finished it. And I was, I just kept rolling with it. Right. With, with one or two exceptions, I just kept doing it. And then at the end of like mid February, mid January, I got, I got sick and I, I had to take a break from working out and honest to God, like at first I really missed it. And then I really grew to enjoy not going to the gym and not going out for a walk in the afternoon. And all of a sudden, like, you know, one week of being sick turns into, you know, five weeks of not doing anything. And I kept trying, like, get back on the, I was, you know, I stopped like tracking macros. I stopped drinking a gallon of, I stopped doing everything that healthy that a person should do. And I finally had to reach out to, my, you know, coach that I use through first form and uh, Matt, Matt B. And I was like, coach Matt, I need your help. And I literally texted him on Monday morning. Actually, it was a voice text. I said, I need your help. I am in the fucking ditch for health right now. And so I need you to check in with me like 10 times a day. Like just send me a text. All it has to say is, are you on track? Cause I cannot right now hold myself accountable. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm in the ditch. Help me. And so he's like, cool, I got you. I got you covered. Him and his wife both started checking in on me every day. And I thought I would grow to like be annoyed by it, but I haven't at all. And the first thing he told me was make a power list, five things you're going to do today, check them off. And I'm like, cool. And my choice, I asked for the help. I wanted the change very much easier than if he for the last you know five weeks has been reaching out regularly and i've been ignoring it because i'm like no i'm not i don't want to be doing this right now but once i decided it became easy so change that you choose is much easier than change that's forced upon you well sure and i for years smoked i love the shit out of nicotine yeah i know and um and for me, the like that's like of, of all of my vices, that was always the hardest one to quit. Um, and it's the the one that like I know that if I were to like, oh, I'll just have a cigarette today, like I, like I'm just gonna be right back smoking a pack mm-hmm. a day. Um, but the every single time that I've quit, and I've, it's been over two years now since I've had any kind of nicotine, which is a new personal best, but PR um, <laughs> yes, uh the <laughs> Um, like for me, like any time that like I never quit because I like was forced to quit. It was I like I wanted to quit. Um, and yeah, so those are much easier to deal with. Those changes are much easier to deal with if you have buy-in. And that's why people who uh, you have the uh, beginning of the year, everybody who goes and joins the gym and starts a new diet and uh, all of those things, why most of those people fail is because they don't want to really change. They know that they should, they know they have a des- desire to be better, but they don't really get the buy-in. And when it comes to you with the, the getting back on the Me horse, personally? yeah, getting yeah. back on the horse or, but uh, anybody in general, it's making those incremental small changes, mm-hmm is the, the way to go. Like Ricky Gervais, uh, I think it was him. I don't know. It was a British comedian. I think it was Ricky Gervais, but anyways, is there the, any other British comedian besides Ricky? Eddie Izzard. Oh, I don't know. That yeah. Is. He's hilarious. Um, or I think he's, he's a she now. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, but they're just talking about somebody who, uh, you know, was overweight and they wanted to change and they had this problem where it was 
they were eating 10 Big Macs a day or something like that. And they're like, oh, you know, like, I, but it's just so hard. I don't want to change. He's like, well, why don't you just start with nine Big Macs a day? And, but that's, that's the thing. It's just yeah. like, and the, the problem with diets, I don't know why we're now a lifestyle channel, but. <laughs> um, but well, but health is very important. Entrepreneurs, it is, sorry. it is. But the, the thing with, with that, like, and anything in your business is like a diet seems to be temporary. It's something that I'm going to do for the next three to six months. And then yeah. I can just go back to my regular life. Yeah. When in fact, it just needs to be a lifestyle change. And yeah. in your business, it's the same thing. Like if you're going to change something, it needs to be a for the, it needs to be permanent. You need to put the systems and processes in place to make it a permanent. Well, not permanent, but you need, so there are, you know, cause there's different types of changes, right? There's a change that you can put into place that is intentionally just for, it's a stopgap measure, or it's a short-term shift that you're making because you need to quickly generate some revenue or you've lost an employee key employee until you can fill that space right so you've got a temporary change that's being made and then in some instances you got i don't I, the reason that i'm sort of i don't know shrieking at the word permanent is because i don't think anything permanent in small business right you make a change you you it's important to stick with that change long enough to make sure that it's working or that it's not working and then adjust from there. And it might just be a degree or two, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm probably being overly sensitive to the word permanent. And I think you're, you're thinking about it too much. Probably that never happens. No, not once at all. (laughs) You've never misunderstood anything I've said before, especially in writing. Um, (laughs) But the, yeah, what I mean, permanent, like it's, you're, you're enacting whatever it is, obviously for short-term changes, you need to fill a role Mm -hmm. until you can find a new person. Yes, that is obviously temporary, but if you're going to, we're going, I don't, I can't even think of an example right now, but we're going to make this business better. We're going to increase productivity. We're going to cut uh, our costs. We're going to introduce a new service, a new, a new, a new marketing program. Yes. Like we're going to do all of these things, but you want to like, you, you don't want to do it with the thought that you're going to end it at some point. Like you want to, you want to ride that as long as you possibly can. So introduce a new, a new service. You want to introduce that new service with the idea that that service is going to last forever. Wow. You and I look at things very differently. I never look at things for this is, you know, that's why you put so little effort into it. Now I realize (laughs) I look, I think about the, I'm not thinking about it for an, you know, eternal change. Um, I'm looking at if I'm introducing a new service, I'm thinking about what is the market calling for right now? What is a good, like, how can we help fill that gap or that need that exists out in the marketplace and then introduce that service? And it might be something that we offer forever, but it might only be, you know, six months or 12 months. I I never think about how long that service is going to be around or how long we're going to be doing that. I'm thinking about what is, what is the biggest need right now and how can we help fill that for small business owners? So that's so weird that we look at it so differently. Yeah. I look at it as if we're going to launch this thing, is it sustainable? Uh, can well, we do this? For, like Because if it's a hit, are we going to need to hire more employees? Are we going to uh, need to create a new LLC? Are we going to have to branch? Like all of these things that need to be considered yeah. in the long term because- like if it's a hit, awesome. Let's run with it. But 
oh, do we need to just change our entire, like everything that we focus on? Because now this is 100% of our business. I think we just hit on why we're such a good team. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, because we're looking at the same thing from two completely different angles and, and in, you know, unintentionally covering all the bases of it, right? Sure. I think so. You're disagreeing with me. You've got the ideas and I actually, uh, you know, I've got the brain. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's so hurtful. I'm going to, I'm going to ask our VP of production to mute you now. (laughs) Impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Because if you get muted, I get muted. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, all right. So when you're talking about change in a business, right? Yeah. So what are, you know, What's your approach generally when you're assessing if a change is, is an appropriate change? Like is one that, yes, we should implement this change. There are so many things that go into that, that we're not going to have time to cover in the next three minutes. Well, but could you say something? I could, <laughs> but it's, it, I mean, for me, like if we're going to implement a change, you want to understand uh, uh, this is process your favorite topic to talk about. And I don't mind talking I about know. process. And the, I mean, you need to figure out why you're making the change. What's wrong? What problem are you solving? Why are you solving it? Where are you now? Like you need to benchmark what you're doing right now so that you can understand where you need to go. Uh, you need to figure out who's going to be involved in that change. You need to have all of the plans, the communications, uh, everything that you need in order to make it a success. Cause a lot of times people are like, Oh, we're going to change everybody. This is what we do now. All right, cool. Well now uh, my job is 10% harder because I don't have the tools or yeah. the training necessary in order to be successful. So you need to make sure that your team is going to be successful. If uh, you implement this change, you need to have that feedback loop because nothing's perfect. So anything that you change in your business is not going to be a home run right away. Yeah. So you need to learn from your team, the people, your customers as well. Everybody who's involved, did this work? Why didn't it work? What can we do to make it better? And then you have to accept the fact that maybe it wasn't the best idea and revert back to the way you went. Like mm. you're going to change something, take a look at it, try and fix it. You get the feedback, you, you tweak, you tweak, you tweak. And then maybe, you know what? This didn't work out. Let's go back to the way we were doing things. Yeah. And it's interesting because- I, I think people have such a negative um, view or assessment of change, right? They associate negativity with change versus positive things. So there's reason you could change is possible as a result of improvement and not as a result of problem, right? So we look at, you know, we do continuous improvement every Thursday, right? And we sit down and we look at one piece of our business and we're like, how can we make this better? And it doesn't necessarily start with what's a problem. Like we could look at our radio show and say, how can we make that? We should look at our radio show and say, how can we make this better? Right. How can we make this better? And then we walk through like just doing brainstorming on different things that we can do to better contribute to it. Now it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a problem, but it does have to be, you know, a recognized area where we could benefit from making a change. Yes. And for us, I mean, it's a, we're a small business and in terms of people, there's basically four people who we work with, mm-hmm. are the two of us included. But with everything, it's you need to consider the people. 
that's the one thing that without getting into politics, although I would love to talk about that, but that, you know, we're a lifestyle show, Julie, so we don't talk about politics here. Um, the, the, uh, does voice America have a politics channel? Maybe we can get a show on there too. (laughs) Um, the, 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 you just need to consider the people and everything because the, the one thing that it's like, Oh, we're just going to go, we're going to make this change. The biggest thing that like the, the one thing that's always like rarely considered is how, how are people going to react to this? If we raise taxes, if we, um, if we, uh, increase the minimum wage, if we implement this new mandate, whatever, like how are people going to react to this? Nobody ever considers that. And I don't say nobody, but I'd say generally speaking. You never say ever either. That's great, Julie. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You owe me a hundred dollars. All right. All right. Let's let's take a break. And when we come back, let's bring on Dr. John O'Brien and talk about change. Let's do it. Hey everybody, this is Corey from Defeat the Chaos, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, well, technically two coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. All right, welcome back to the show. We've got John O'Brien on, and we are going to talk about change. How are you doing today, John? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for Good. coming on the show. Happy hey, to be John. here. Yeah, we are glad to have you. We really enjoyed having you on the podcast. So this was a no-brainer for us to bring you back and participate in the radio show. We were actually having fun, I think. 
Yeah. You sound like yeah. you normally don't have fun with people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't think you're supposed to have fun at work. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's interesting to put the two together. Oh, Good well, for we, you guys. Have, we have fun every day. <laughs> of course you do. Except, right? except for the days we don't. Right, we, right, right. And then we don't generally talk about those days. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, my first question is, um, you know, I, I had fun naming this episode of our radio show because, um, you know, one of my, you know, favorite songs, um, oldie, you know, rock song is uh, uh-huh. Changes by David Bowie. Yeah. So we named our episode Turn and Face the Strange, which is my favorite <laughs> line from that song, mm-hmm. um, which is just a giant ode to change and embracing it. So um, you are rather, you're rather an expert on change. Well, I mean, hopefully that's part of what my job, um, whether it kind of, you know, my past as a psychotherapist and now in my work as a coach is right, is to actually help people with the process of change. Yeah. And before you joined the show, Julie and I were talking about our different approaches to change, especially Mm -hmm. in the business where Julie's more of a short-term thinker and I'm a long-term thinker, like in terms of, well, no, I don't appreciate that characterization. I'm not a short-term thinker, but I'm not, I don't view every change as a permanent change. Sure. And uh, like, uh, that's, We've we had this discussion on Monday where you wanted to I think it was Monday but that doesn't matter the you wanted to implement something and I pushed back not because I didn't think it was a good idea but because I wanted to have the pieces in place in order to make sure it was a success whereas you're like let's just let's just try it let's just see mm-hmm. how how well it works and it's you know for me like I was saying in the first part of the show is what if it's an amazing success. What if like that is now our business? Now we have to scramble to get all the pieces in play, like like put everything together, build this thing out in order to shift the business that direction. Whereas like, which is funny because I love shooting from the hip uh, when it comes to a lot of things, but not our business, not our business, not business in general. But um, so, yeah, so I guess that different approach there, John, like, uh, I mean, how do you, um, coach people or talk people through just adapting to change? Well, I think, you know, first of all, you have to decide how, how big a change is. Certainly, I mean, and, and I think for the purposes of your listeners, we really want to contain ourselves more to change in a business environment, although this is relevant kind of also to people's you know personal lives as well. But if we're talking about a business, then you need to think about, if you, you know, what are the consequences of this change? If it's something that's quite small, um, that's not going to have a lot of ripple effects in your business and you can afford to experiment, then then maybe that's something that you can do more as a risk, more kind of in the short term to see how that goes. But I think, you know, the bigger the change that you want to make in your business, then the more planful you want to be as you put that together. Okay. So who's right, me or Julie? I think that's the important part here, John. <laughs> well, you have to identify who was right. Yes. <laughs> well, he, here's the good news. Here's the good news. I'm actually saying you're both right. That is the, Get that right? Yeah. <laughs> running yeah, because, politics. Yeah. Are you, yeah. <laughs> are you over the main? No, but it, I mean, it. It really is true. I mean, it's it's the whole. It depends. It depends upon the situation, and if it's, um, you know, if it's a smaller change. 
to a business, that's something you can. And there's not as a risk in trying something and seeing, okay, that really didn't work so well. Um, that's one thing versus something that's going to be you know, a major new product you're putting out or whatever that you're putting a lot into, then you really do need to be more planful. So, I mean, again, the good news is you're both right. How's that? Uh, we'll take it. Yeah. We'll okay, good, it. good. So it right. rarely happens that I'm right. But even <laughs> exactly. if I have to share it, I'm going to I'm gonna take it. We'll just say you're yeah. 50% right. 50%. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, You know, it's interesting that um, I think people have, there's such a negative connotation with the word change, right? Mm-hmm, um, absolutely. And I, don't, I don't know why, because um, I, I just, I don't understand it. We literally, we probably change every day in some way, right? There's some decision that we make that's a decision point that will result in changes in our life or make things different, easier, harder, whatever for us. But when people are asked to change, are are told to change, right? Especially if you're like in a corporate environment and you get this, mm-hmm. the memo that comes down from HR, that there's a change in policy, like you know, people shit themselves over it. They just like lose their minds over the fact that they've got to change. Um, but in most instances or many instances, that change is so insignificant that even if they didn't make the announcement and they just gradually started to pivot people towards it, people wouldn't even notice. They wouldn't notice that change coming. So why do you think people are so, why do you, why do you think change is so cringeworthy of a word for people? Well, I think it's, you know, we talked about this um, on your podcast. I mean, part of it has to do with people's personality, right? So, I mean, that some people are more open to change, open to learning and doing new things. Um, There was a researcher named Carol Dweck who talked about this in terms of students. Some had kind of a fixed mindset where it's like, I want things to stay the same, whereas others have more of a growth mindset where it's like they're interested in challenge and change and doing things differently and learning. So, so some of it's personality, but there's another part of it, which is our neurobiology, which is the way that our, our brains are oriented and that there's a whole kind of reward system in the brain that's um, connected to keeping things the same. We're like neurobiologically oriented towards keeping things the same. So when someone starts talking to us about change, it does set off alarm bells in our neurobiology. And when it comes to business, so we were like, I was talking about this right before we got like uh, went to break, but considering people. So when HR or a business passes something down, in my opinion, the one of the problems that when it comes to change, one of the problems is that nobody really considers the human element. And that's the mm-hmm. one thing in your business that you need to consider the most is how is this going to affect people? What's in it for them? How are they going to react? Like, uh, is there a feedback mechanism so that they can tell you what's going well, what's not going well, like all of that? Like, why, why is that, uh, in my opinion, why is that the one thing that most people miss when they're implementing change is how is this going to affect people? Well, I think absolutely right. I think that a lot of times, whether it's in small or large businesses, sometimes there can be a lot of assumptions made about a certain change. Well, this is going to be good for business or it's going to be good for people, but often without consulting the people who will be most affected by that change. And so, 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, was, no. Go ahead, John. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, uh, but it, but it's, I mean, so in other words, it's it's just kind of a sort of top down without really getting clear about what are, you know, like you were saying, Corey. But what are going to be the effects of this, and what's what's going to be the opportunity or the way that people are going to be able to provide feedback about the change, and that a lot of times it's just you know this this change is happening, and this is what we're going to do, and ideally, if possible, a business actually consults the people who are going to be impacted before they make a change. Right. Slippery slope there, though, in some ways. Correct. You don't want to um, give over the authority to the people. And I know that sounds really bad, but <laughs> you, know, you run a business, you to make a change, you're thinking, you're looking at it from you know, a revenue perspective, from an efficiency perspective, you're looking at, you know, what's in the best interest of our customers. You also have to consider the people, the employees, that is correct. But I think it's understanding, you know, what we want to know how you feel about this change or, or where we can make this change better. Um, but there is a change that is needed. This may not be the exact change. So we would like your feedback, but a change is coming, right? Where it's like, because people are so adverse to change. If you give it over to the employees, they're just, they're going to, they're going to veto it down for a million different reasons. And, and, and one of the big reasons, because, you know, people are people are lazy, and having mm-hmm. to learn how to do things a new way is not is not good. Yeah, and I think it's also, you know, as you're saying, you can't. Yeah, there's some things you're not going to be able to give over to employees um, to, you know, like should we make this change or not? But I think the the um, the idea of how the change is made or giving input about that. I mean, I remember earlier in my career working someplace where we were all brought to this meeting where allegedly we were going to talk about if this change should happen. But like three minutes into the meeting, it was pretty clear. It was not an if, it was the, the, the change was going to happen. And in fact, it had already had been planned. So it was kind of a sham that <laughs> we were having this meeting. That's not something good to do to employees. It don't, I mean, you know, be honest with them. If a change is coming and it's really this, we need to implement this, just be clear with them about that. Don't actually bring them in and make them think that they're going to have input when they don't. Yeah, that's never something that you want to do is give people the illusion of choice. Correct. And then they find out, oh, I really didn't have a choice in the matter. And I think that, I mean, depending upon what the change is, the it, and it really depends upon the people. Because if you think about, let's say, <clears throat> the three of us are going to go swimming. We've got a pool out back, but the water's really cold. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be, well, we might take different approaches to getting the pool. You know, I'm going to dip my feet in, slowly work my way in. John, you might just run in there and just jump straight into the pool, <laughs> to get it over with. Like there's the different approaches to that. Um, and you really need to account for it. But at the end of the day, we're all going to have to stick our heads under the water. So you're going to need to kind of work, like walk some people, literally hold their hand as you uh, get them used to that change. And there's other people who will just adapt super quickly to it. Um, and that's the, uh, you know, I guess that's what we need to consider is how those people are going to react to that change and how much control over that change do they actually have? Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of factors you just alluded to, I think, which is, you know, as a leader, um, or as a business owner, being able to build people's motivation for the change, um, that's important. But so often I talk to people, um, about changes in their that are happening in their business that they're not the ones doing the change, and I hear about you know kind of lack of training 
like a change happens and it's just people are expected to do something, but there's been no training in whatever the change is, or there's no like clear instructions for the change, or there's a lot of mixed messages from the, the administration or leaders about the change. So you really have to have a lot of that aligned. And yeah, giving people choices about, as you're saying, whether they're going to jump in the water or walk in slowly, we holding their hand or not, um, you know, the, giving them choice when you can. Um, and, but also making sure that they have clear direction about what is this change and that clearly the business is committed to making it. And having that buy-in from the top is extremely important because I'm sure we've all been in that situation where something gets handed down from the top and whoever your boss is is like, I know this sucks guys, but we have to do it. And that's, that just sends a terrible message right there because, well, if you don't want to do it, neither do I. So, you know, let's go ahead and just see what we can do to not actually implement this change. Right. And that's why a lot of change fails is for that exact reason. Because there's not, again, the motivation hasn't been built, the training hasn't been done, there's mixed messages, people aren't really kind of engaged in it. So, so there's, you know, again, depending upon the size of the, the change that's being made, you need to be putting a lot more thought into it, the bigger the issue is. Let's look at change from the perspective of the actual decision maker. So we're looking at, you know, a small business owner, or maybe it's a solopreneur who doesn't they're the only person that is going to be impacted by the change internally is mm-hmm. the actual business owner, or maybe it's, you know, 10 or less employees. Cause that's, you know, typically the businesses that we work with at SB pace are 10 or less employees. What mm-hmm. are, <clears throat> excuse me, what are some good indicators <clears throat> that a change is actually needed? And what are the first steps that people should, that a leader should look at when they're deciding on what change to make? So, uh, first of all, I mean, the whole topic about your first question about um, how to decide if a change is needed, um, that, uh, I mean, that's, um, is that, that's um, I mean, very broad. So, I mean, I'll try to just say in terms of, um, let's say in terms of personnel issues, saying changing some policy, I think, you know, that you first of all have to examine, okay, what's, is there really a problem? Going back to what you were saying earlier, are you trying to fix a problem or are you trying to make something better? Um, and, and if you're trying to fix a problem, I would say that's something you really want to make sure you're putting more thought into. It's one thing to do a process improvement that's making something even better. But, but I think too often people see a problem and they just try to do a quick fix with it and they're not putting enough time and attention um, into that. So, uh, so in terms of whether or not to make a change, uh, and deciding it, it's seeing, okay, am I fixing a problem or am I trying to improve something? And if you're trying to fix a problem, I would suggest you take more time with it. Now, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting your other question that you asked. That's okay. I forgot what it was too. Oh. <laughs> it's, okay. there, John. <laughs> it's, it's all good. You're all right. 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 Um, we are just about out of time with you, um, which it always feels like our time with you goes so fast. So um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about um, honestly, how people can find you and, or do you want them to find you more importantly? Absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, so the, um, the name of my um, business is Activate Success. Um, so it's, I'm right now um, a business of one, so it fits right solidly in with the um, listeners uh, and people that you folks work with. Uh, so I'm 
growing this practice right now. Um, and so if people like what they hear today and they want to check out my website, it's at activatesuccess.org.org. Um, I'm going to be um, creating more content there. And my goal is to have some free, we all love free stuff. So to have some free resources to help whether entrepreneurs or leaders or even individuals. Um, so my hope is that there's going to be something for everybody there. So um, I'll have a um, mailing list that uh, you can join if you click over to my website. And if anybody wants to send me an email, you're welcome to do that. It's john at activatesuccess.org. So that's my spiel. Well, we appreciate it. And we appreciate you coming back on the show. We love these conversations with you and everybody should definitely head on over to activatesuccess.org to connect with John. Uh, he can help you change and, and help you just improve your business. Um, and we are going to take a quick break now and we'll be right back to talk about the news and gambling and whatever else comes up. Uh, comes to our mind. Yeah. Right. One other quick thing. Oh, sure. I'm just going to say, if you you know liked what you heard with John, then check out his episode of Bid, Biz Quick. We interviewed him. That was episode 15 of season three, which came out on um, on February 8th. That's a great episode. So if you want to hear more about change, then uh, go after that. All right. Thanks. We will see you after the break. Hey everybody, this is Corey from Defeat the Chaos and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one -on -one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, -on -one, well technically two coaching, is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Com. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel.
welcome back to the show. That was a great um, segment with John, Dr. John O'Brien. I always forget to call him doctor. I always wonder how important do you think it is for people that have their PhDs that we call them doctor? I thought we talked about that on his podcast. We probably uh, did, Corey. That was months ago. I know, I, but I don't remember. I know that we talked about it with him, but I don't know if it was on the podcast or right before we did the show. But for him, it wasn't important. Yeah. But for some people, it is very important to have that title. Yes. Yes. Especially like dentists like to be called doctors and we all know they're not real doctors. Yes, they aren't. <laughs> all right. Uh, what do you want to talk about now? Well, let's get into some gambling. Let's get started on that. Let's um, do it. Who did you take last week? I took Michigan. I took them at plus five against Iowa and uh, they won outright. So not, I should have taken them on the money line. Now that should I look have, at it. Yes. Yeah. And I took Oral Roberts and they did not cover. So you and- I won. And that was before Michigan's coach lost his mind and beat up a coach on the other team. On he didn't Wisconsin. beat up. He hit. He, sl- he slapped him with an open a, hand. There's a difference between beating up and hitting somebody. I understand. Quit being fake news, Julie. <laughs> All right. So uh, since you were the loser last week, who do you got this week? <clears throat> All right. I'm going to jump into hockey. See if try my hand at that. So for this week, I am going to take tonight. I'm going to take the New Jersey Devils on the puck line. So they're getting one and a half. And this is a rare instance where uh, not only are you getting one and a half points, but you're also getting... Uh, the the odds, the juice is uh, plus 110. So normally you have to pay a pretty big premium to get that puck line, but Pittsburgh's the heavy, heavy favorite today. Um, but I think that it's going to be a close game. I'm taking the Devils plus one and a half. Where are they at? They're at Pittsburgh. Okay. I am going with um, my nemesis, my arch rival, the team I hate. Ohio State. You got it. Ohio State is at Iowa tonight, men's basketball, and Ohio State is six-point dogs. And I am going to take Ohio State tonight. I'm not going to take them on the money line, but I will take Ohio State to cover that game. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, Expert picks from your small business experts. (laughs) Right. What do you got for news today? All right. Well, let's jump into it. I got a quick story that I'm going to talk about, and then we can get onto the real stuff. But um, I know that I've told you this, and I haven't publicly announced this uh, yet on a podcast or on the radio show, but my, let's just call it, I don't want to call it a dream job, but we need to get off this planet, Julie. We need mm-hmm. to we need to colonize the stars fast, and, yes. fast. And I don't really have many skills that, uh, like, I'm not a scientist. I'm not an engineer. Um, I'm much larger than the average human. There's a lot of reasons why, like, I'm just not a good person to put into space. But the one thing that I can do well, and the one job that I want is, I mean, I'm a team player. I'm good with my hands. I can pick up things along the way. I can, you know, I can do a lot of stuff that that is helpful, not useless when it comes to things like that. But if you needed me to pilot a spaceship, I couldn't do that. If you needed me to fix a nuclear reactor, we're done. Um, But the one thing that I am really good at, or the one thing, the job that I want to have on, on Mars or on the space crew is I'm expendable. I'm happy to be that, oh, we have five people on the station, but only enough oxygen for four people. Shoot me out the airlock. You need somebody to stay behind and manually detonate the um, blow up the, the the space station because aliens are on board. I'll be that guy. Happy to be the expendable one. So if Elon Musk is listening out there and you need somebody to be expendable on your space crew, count me in. Except for here's the kicker. 
life on Mars, probably going to be a vegan lifestyle because we're not going to be able to bring animals with us like, you know, cattle or pigs or anything like that. We're just all going to be vegetables on the red planet. And I don't think I'm down for that. I think I'd rather just uh, die here on earth. Mm. Well, um, when you first were talking about, you know, you're being expendable. Um, I also, what I was also hearing underlying unsaid that you get to be the hero of the story um, because, you know, you, we've all seen the movies where the person's like, no, I'll be the one who dies and they become the hero. So you get to be the hero, which is, I know that's not what you're going for, but that's what you'll get to be. Um, well, you, you're damn straight. They're going to build a statue, a monument to me. Yeah, they're going to tear it down when they discover your past. In though. like 50 years. You're right? going to get canceled. 50 years, I'll have a statue. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, that whole vegan lifestyle, um, I don't know, man. That's, I don't, I'm, I don't, that's I'm, a, that, I'm not here for it. Yeah, that's a tough sell. That's, that is, that's a, that's a tough sell. That's a really tough sell. Although, I'm not going to lie, Corey. I feel like being on Mars, that sounds a lot better than being here right now. Cause man, we are going to hell in a handbasket, like very, very quickly here. Like the, I, I say it all the time and uh, I know you disagree with me on it, but you know, from this is from my Catholic upbringing, reading the Bible. Like, I just feel like we're on a slow march to Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, this is just every time I hear a story, a news story from a reliable news source, so not mainstream media, media I find myself shaking my head thinking, what in God's name are we doing? Like, who are the decision makers? And is this intentional? Because it just, there's just erosion all over the place of values and core decency. And so honestly, in some ways I might go vegan over having to deal with just the shit show that's occurring here on planet earth right now. Sure. But it's just going to follow us. So <laughs> that's there, true. There's no escaping it. I, I, I know. All right. Well, let's it's jump terrible. into some, some different news. Then you have a story. Do you want me to go next? The only story I have is on um, the greatest football player that ever lived, Tom Brady, TB12. And a story broke yesterday that he is most likely not retiring, that he's going to unretire and play for the San Francisco 49ers, which makes me laugh on a couple of levels because um, first off, like he forced the Patriots hand into trading Jimmy G out of new England because he didn't want to play against him. He didn't want to have that good of a backup. And so they traded Jimmy G to San Francisco in what was a steal of a deal for the 49ers. And there was a lot of speculation. If this was going to be Jimmy G's last year in San Francisco, if they were going to, I think his contract, um, either, either his contract was up or they're going to trade him. And if, if it ends up that he gets replaced by Tom Brady, like that's twice in Tom's career that he's like basically upended Jimmy G's, Jimmy G's life, which is, it's kind of crazy. And I, I'm not going to lie. I hope he comes back out of retirement. I'd like to see him play till he's like 55. I really would. I just want to see how long he can do it. And I, I think he's got more in him. So that's the story that broke yesterday. And I hope it's true. 
I, I have such mixed feelings on that subject because at a point, like you're at the end of your career, there could be one year left. There could be no years left. Like it, it, at a point you just need to retire gracefully and just say, okay, cool. I'm going to get my job as a analyst on the Fox football Sunday special. I'm going to hang out with Bill Cower and the rest of the crew and just talk football and get paid a lot of money to do it. Um, and because nobody ever wants to see that person who was great, all of a sudden they have a year where it's, you know, he's throwing interceptions or he gets a terrible injury and he's out. Just, just retire gracefully. Yeah. I don't, I think he still has, I think he's better than a lot of the younger quarterbacks still. So it's possible. I'm, well, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm, I'm cheering him on. I hope he comes back. Okay. Well, um, the next thing that I want to talk about, so speaking of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, so the metaverse is turning out to be exactly what uh, nobody should be surprised about is just a filth full, you know, a, a, a world full of filth. Um, I read an article a while ago and then I've got one today uh, from uh, the BBC where basically people have specifically women have gone on to. I don't know how you get into the metaverse, but, you know, I'm sure you put on your VR goggles and head on out there. And within minutes, they are uh, being sexually assaulted, verbally harassed. Um, this one woman said that she was physically groped. I don't know how that's possible in the metaverse, but you've got your little avatar out there. And this one is uh, the article that I'm reading is this researcher posing as a 13 year old girl uh, was uh witnessed like sexual grooming, sexual material, racist insults, all sorts of crazy stuff like that. And I just, I, people are like, Oh, I'm so surprised that this, like, why? Like the internet is the, like one of the best things that happen to humanity, but it also just brings out the worst. And like, for the same reason that road rage exists is that you have this car in between you and the other person and you, you get, you feel empowered because of this, this tool that you have between the two of you, the internet, I mean, is oftentimes anonymous. And so you can go out there and just be the most horrible person that you want to be with no problem. Uh, I don't understand the metaverse at all. Um, I know that it is, there is a lot of money to be made there. I understand that. I don't understand how. Um, I am not surprised either that um, there, I also don't understand how can somebody be groped in the, like, I'm, I'm very confused. Clearly I need to educate myself. I do not want to buy VR goggles though. I feel like once I do that, it's over. I might as well just, I might as well just go to Mars. Yeah. One of the, and, and it's, I feel like the, the more that we advance in technology, the it almost seems like we're regressing like in, in certain instances. And one of the greatest shows of all time, Futurama had a, a, an episode where they went, they had to go to the internet to find something and they literally had to go to the internet. So they traveled to the internet and then <laughs> they were trying, when they were trying to find something, they're like, okay, let's perform a search. And everybody just started looking around. <laughs> um, it's a great episode, but the, uh, but yeah, like, it, I don't know why you need to put on these VR goggles to go interact with people when you can just walk outside and do it. Well, I don't, you think that's part of the whole, and now I'm going to get a little bit political, but what don't you think that was a part of the whole mission of, you know, COVID just get people used to isolation and used to communicating only via, you know, 
electronically, the internet, um, Zoom, whatever, like people are used to being alone at this point and used to the isolation. And so now if I can, in a virtual world, go, you know, have friends. Go rate people. Yeah. Well, hey, then more power, you know, more power to me because I'm used to this world now. This is this like, I think more, more people, more and more people are more comfortable having friends online that they've never, ever met before and only engaging with people online and through social channels and through, you know, electronic communication and, and not really doing, you know, face-to-face and, and, you know, hanging out with people in person. Like people are just, this is, this is with it. I hate the word, but it's, it's normalized for people now. Sure. But back to the whole change conversation is that this is not something that we can just do overnight. And we are social creatures. We are, used to being in social situations, physically touching, being around people, et cetera. Um, I don't think it's going to stick. I think it would take generations to uh, actually make that the idea of a virtual world a, a reality. Um, and by generations, I mean a lot of generations because it's, it's hardwired into our DNA. But we got to start wrapping up the show because we are at the top of the hour there. So I want to say thank you to all of our listeners and thank you to John for joining us again for this conversation. And thank you to Julie for being on the show today. And don't forget to, um, you know, rate review, let us know what you think about this uh, show, check out our podcast is quick podcast and head on over to sbpace.com. That's where you can find out everything about me and Julie and everything that we're doing. And we love feedback. So Make sure to reach out. Julie, you got anything? I do not. Awesome. Good show today. It was. All right. Well, appreciate it. And we will see you all next week on Defeat the Chaos. Mm